it's uncomfortable at first to have a structured conversation, especially with family, because you're so used to just being in a pattern of talking, a pattern of communication. You can discover so much about someone you have known your whole life. You can newly connect with them. And for some of us, that's such an incredible gift. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. I am so excited to dive into this amazing conversation with my dear friend, Alexandra Jameson, and her husband, Bob Gower. And we are talking about getting to hell yes. And I know you're wondering, well, what does that mean? What exactly are we talking about today? Well, getting to hell yes is a four-step communication process that both Alexandra and Bob have created that will teach you a simple guided methodology that allows groups and people to increase empathy and trust. It can be used in sales, when launching a team, or at any point during a project where some refocus is needed. You can actually also do it with family members. You can set expectations for vacations. I mean, there's so much that you can do with this communication process. And my husband and I have been using it ever since we learned about it several months ago. Now, I am excited to talk about this topic because we all need a tool set for having important conversations with our family, coworkers, partners, and friends so that everyone is in alignment and ultimately you get what you want out of those conversations. Well, more so everyone gets what they want out of those conversations. And if it isn't a yes, then it's probably a no. And that's exactly what we're gonna be talking about. But before we get into this much needed conversation about shifting the way that we have conversations to getting to more yes, I wanted to share a couple things with you that I've got coming up. One, did you know that you can take advantage of two episodes per week on the Essentially You podcast? That's right. Every single Tuesday and Friday, I drop a new episode focusing on women's healthcare, just like today with Alexandra and Bob. As you know, I created this podcast to give women more insight about their bodies and provide an explanation for why they aren't feeling like themselves, but they're not really sure what is going on. You know, we deserve answers about our health. Don't you agree? We deserve to write our own health story. Are you ready to write your own health story? You know, when you make the decision to become the CEO of your health, the first step is connecting to that inner pilot and address the root cause of the issue. Basically, I'm talking about listening to your body. Now, while doctors may know the enzymes that work in your gut or the anatomy of your organs better than you do, only you know what's best for your body. Well, really, only you know your body as well as you do. Your body is indeed your business. So listen to your intention and trust what it tells you. Illness and symptoms are often a wake-up call. The question to ask yourself is, what is going on in my life to drive that illness? What is going on with those messages? Is it an unfulfilled job? Is it constant deadlines? Is it a toxic relationship? Well, if it's any of these things, it's definitely time to make a change in that area of your life. And yes, if you're wondering, can an unfulfilling job or constant unrelenting deadlines or toxic relationships have a negative impact on your health, they absolutely can. I remember when I was living a life filled with obligations, literally not enjoying 
any one of them and running myself into the ground. And that led to a lot of hormone issues. It was finally when I decided I had to let a lot of that go that that healing process began. Now, here are some important questions to ask yourself when you're trying to figure out what is going on. One, is this serving me and my body? Do I feel ownership of my life and the choices regarding my health? What does my body need in order to heal? Those are some great questions. Now, once you have that awareness around your body's needs, you get to write the prescription to your own health by taking charge. See, you are the boss of your health care, and as a woman, you get to create a self-guided action plan towards optimal health for yourself. Inherently, as you know, your body is ripe for healing miracles by staying both empowered and having ownership. Now, you can call upon doctors and healers like us and listen to podcasts and read books for their expertise, opinions, and support without relinquishing your power. I can't tell you how amazing it feels to step into becoming the boss of your own health. And that is what we're here for. Now, my newest book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution, which recently published just less than two weeks ago on February 12th, goes into this even more and lays out a game plan for you to take back your health and reset your hormones with my hormone trifecta. Does this sound like the type of healthcare that you're interested in? I hope so. Now, as I mentioned in the essential oil hormone release party podcast just a few weeks ago in episode number 64, I wanted to let you know that this book was really about empowerment. Like if I could stamp this book with one thing, that's what it would be. Now, a couple of things have changed since these last couple of weeks. I wanted to also let you know that let me tell you, lots of people are getting their hands on this beautiful book. We ranked as high as number 19 on Amazon out of millions of books for weeks on end. This book is catching massive fire in a great way. And I wanted to know, have you grabbed your copy yet? If not, you definitely can grab it at any time. It is sold anywhere books are sold. And it is such a great resource for you to have in your hands. Now, if you did grab a copy, I would love for you to go and review it. Leave an honest review about what you're thinking about the book. And I hope that it's really helped to support your journey. Now, as a small token of my appreciation, I have created amazing bonus goodies for this book. In case you did grab it, all you got to do is go and grab a copy. You can buy, buy it at any online retailer, but ideally going to an indie bookstore, a local bookstore, that's going to be the best place to get your hands on the book. I've already bought my book in several bookstores already. It's so much fun. And then you can head on over to my book bonus page, which is just drmarisa.com slash hormone book. And I'm going to have it inside the show notes. It's also in my profile on Instagram, which is at drmarisa, so D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. And if you're looking for my best recipes outside of the book, definitely head on over to Instagram. I got some goodies. I've got great recipes and awesome information all about essential oils, women's health, and so much more. So once you get to that book bonus page, you're going to enter your details and voila, instantly those amazing bonuses are going to arrive in your inbox. Now, if you've already purchased the book, like I mentioned, you can just go to the website and enter your information and those bonus goodies will show up directly in your inbox. And remember, what you're really going to get from this book is targeted recipes, lifestyle changes, self-care, and so much more that are addressing specific issues like stress hormones, energy and fatigue, sleep and insomnia, weight challenges, women's hormones like fertility, perimenopause, 
menopause and libido, emotional balance, cognitive changes, digestion and detoxification, and so much more. I mean, it's 400 pages of amazing content and is a 40-page bibliography, so a lot of cited research. So I hope that you go grab that copy and you join the thousands of other people who are already just taking on all the benefit and all the goodness that's coming from that book. Now, let's dive into this incredible conversation. But before I bring Alexandra and Bob on, I want to quickly introduce them to you. Now, Alexandra Jameson is a success mentor, life and health coach to creative professional women who want it all. She is the best-selling author of Women, Food and Desire, co-creator and co-star of the Oscar-nominated documentary Super Size Me, and a highly sought-after wellness expert. Find out more about Alex at alexandrajameson.com. Now, Bob, her husband, Bob Gower, helps organizations move faster, create better products, and become happier and more engaging at the workplace. He is an authority on learn theory and responsive organizational design and has advised leaders at numerous companies, including GE, Ford, Chanel, PG&E, and Spotify. He is the author of The Agile Business, A Leader's Guide to Harnessing Complexity, and speaks regularly on organizational development and leadership. Find out more about Bob at bobgower.com. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Alexander Jameson and Bob Gower. How are you guys doing today? We are so good. This is such a fun occasion because one, I've never had two people on the other side of the podcast, which is so exciting, and two co-authors. So thank you guys for being here. We're so happy to be here with you. Well, we're going to be talking about how to get to hell yes today. And what we really mean by that is how do we get to hell yes in our communications, in our expectations? How do we all move towards that goal of everyone or hopefully getting what they want in in the everyday exchanges that we have? But before we get into the meat of that conversation, I know we're talking about your new book, How to Get to Hell Yes, but I want to know how was it working together to create this book and what was the journey around wanting to create such a wonderful tool for us to use? Well, first of all, this is so funny. It's a very meta conversation. Bob and I used the conversation that we're going to talk about, that we wrote about in the book to decide whether and how to write the book together so that it went really smoothly. It was actually a really good experience. We did a good job. We were very cautious though. Yes. Like very cautious. We've been together a well, a longish time. Yeah. Like we didn't start this until we've been together six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were very cautious about the idea of like mixing business and relationship. We never, we've never done that before. And creativity in relationship, really, like sort of making something together. And we've both been in relationships in the past where there was a creative, professional, romantic overlap and things went horribly, horribly wrong. So we were both a little cautious. Yes, that's the word. That is the word. But this really started from framework that Bob was dabbling with years back that we started using as we were teaching some relationship workshops together. This was, what, six, seven years ago? Yeah, it goes back like 10 years even. Yeah. The, first, the, the origins of the, of the process. And the, we didn't continue teaching the relationship courses, but people kept asking us about this one part 
of the class where we would teach this really simple communication structure. And people were texting and emailing and calling friends from all over the country were like, what was that four part conversation again? And this went on for over a couple of years. And finally, two things happened. One, Bob was in a taxi and another friend called and asked for a reprisal. And Bob went through the whole conversation. I spent like an hour with her. I mean, it was a long ride in New York. It was like a yeah. One of those long traffic laden rides. You're in the taxi, you described the whole thing again, and when you hung up, what did the taxi driver say? He's like, I learned a lot. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> <laughs> a double wing that well, day. Like, yeah. So it's sort of like there's market signal, right? You know, if we're entrepreneurs, we're like we we pay attention or we we think we do. It took us a long time. It took us a while to get this one. <laughs> and then I think the other thing you're gonna say about that happened is that we were like, we're spending a lot of time describing this and saying the same words over and over and over again, when really, if we just wrote it down, if we just had like a Google Doc that we could send people to, that that would make our lives a little bit easier. And would be, you know, like we thought this was a valuable tool. Obviously, people are finding value in it. So let's let's spread it around. Actually, it was uh, a dear friend of mine who ended up writing the introduction for the book, Rebecca Baruki. I shared it with her and she's the kind of person where you share a tool with her or a resource and she'll take it and run with it. She's got five kids. She and her husband are both work at home entrepreneurs. She said, Alex, like two weeks later, I took this home. I started using it with my husband. I think this saved my marriage. And she uses it with all of her kids. She's got three teenagers and two little ones. And she really uses this consistently. She's like, this is a lifesaver. She uses it all the time. And that's why we had her write the intro to the book. Because, you know, having a super fan, someone who actually loves and uses the process is way better than, you know, some random, like, semi-famous person that you could get to write an introduction. (laughs) So that's how it came to be. I love it. I love this story. Now tell me a little bit about the process of you guys going through the steps to even create the book. I understand the the cautiousness, especially based on other previous relationships, but just making sure that you guys were in alignment. Can you talk a little bit about that process? I mean, I think it started, actually, it was a random Saturday and two summers ago. And we just started like, let's start, let's just write. Like we, we had time. It was one of those hot New York days where like, we're not going outside today. That's not going to happen. And so we just sort of sat and wrote. And again, the goal was to get just something that we could send to people. And then as I'm writing it, or as we're writing it, I was like, I think there's something more. I think this could be a product. And we had never really done anything together. So immediately, of course, as is our habit, we use this process for everything we do. We sat down and had the conversation together. We're like, we've both been disappointed by relationships mixed with business, mixed with creativity in the past. And we've been really sensitive and been very cautious with each other. Like Alex will talk about her business. I'll talk about my business and we'll support each other. We're great supports for each other, but we're really like not involved. Like we, and that was all really by design, I think for the first several years of our relationship, because, you know, we both do pretty well and, you know, we're supports of each other and that seems to work. So as we're getting ready to do this, we're like, let's really sit down and what are you know, our, you know, and we'll go over the steps in a moment, I, I suppose, but what are our intentions? What are our concerns? What boundaries do we have? And, and why are we doing this thing? What are, you know, if it's, if it's going to really succeed, what's our hopes and dreams? And I think with each step along the way, 
it kept getting bigger or we kept getting more excited about it. And I think that's always a really good sign. Like, oh, yeah, like we're, we all have some concerns, but they're not really material concerns. And we have and this could be really huge. This is, could be really great for your business and for my business and for the world because we think it's such a valuable tool and process to have out there. I love that. I think that's great. And yes, I would. Let's let's dig into the steps, if you would, and give a little brief explanation of how it works. If you guys want to use an example, you absolutely can. You know, so often the women that I'm working with are, there's lots of family dynamic, there's lots of expectations. And, you know, as we know, life is really busy today. And so we're, we're, we're stressed. Oftentimes we're stressed in these conversations. And I would have to say, I know for me, before we started using the four-step process, there was a lot of misalignment of expectations that were going on. It's interesting. We have found that taking a little time before you do something important or you run off together to go enjoy an event even, going through this process saves time and it saves energy because you're really anticipating potential landmines in advance. And the value, the beauty of getting to hell yes together, this process is to help everybody get on the same page, get into alignment, or discover that you're not in alignment. Discover that there are problems that you need to figure out beforehand, before you dive in. And we have, I mean, we use this all the time in our marriage, with our son, in our businesses. So we have a couple of examples. You know, we use it with our kid, but I think maybe a family vacation is probably a helpful example. Yeah. And I think just to kind of refine a little bit what Alex was saying, like this is a process which is really good to be, let's say, if you being a little more strategic about your personal things that you're doing and the idea of achieving alignment, the idea of like, because we all know like when we trust each other, when we have empathy for each other, when we feel really aligned, even if we're not entirely on the same page, because two people can do the same thing for different reasons, that can lead to a lot of trouble, but also it doesn't necessarily have to, as long as we're really sensitive, as long as I'm clear on why you're doing it and I'm, I'm for you and you're clear on why I'm doing it and you're for me, we could have a wonderful experience. And I think a vacation is a wonderful example, though, again, we've used this in, I, I mean, I use this in like planning, you know, multi-million dollar corporate change programs in, in my work as a consultant. But I think it really can shine both it can shine both places, professionally and personally. But the idea is, is that we're going to we're going to get on the same page. We're going to be for each other. We're going to be together. We're going to be aligned. We're going to be shoulder to shoulder. And or we're going to figure out that we're not. And, and in which case we've saved ourselves a lot of energy, a lot of tears, a lot of money sometimes. Yeah. So before you get into the meat of the four steps, there's two kind of preambles, two things to do in advance. One is just to, you know, pick a nice setting, you know, set aside some time and, you know, be as comfortable as you can. I, I think most conversations that are important, you know, you need to be physically comfortable. And we also encourage people not to drink alcohol while or before you're doing this, that, you know, we actually have a rule in our relationship that we don't get into heavy conversations or even arguments, well, especially arguments, if we've had even a little bit of alcohol. And we or find- if we're hungry. Or if we're hungry, that's another good one. Have we're you, really tired. Have you eaten? We're tired. Yeah. I loved those three. Alcohol, tired, or hungry. Yes. Terrible times to have a really deep conversation. Yeah, it saves a lot of stress, let me tell you. So, so pick a nice setting, be ready, and you start with intentions. Oh, can we talk a little bit also about listening? 
yeah. like sort of listening and speaking too, because this is like another sort of preamble, which which I find really important, which is that when that this is the the purpose of this is to share information with each other and to develop a sort of empathic stance for each other's position. It's not to agree with each other. It's not to problem solve. It's not to workshop anything. When someone is speaking, they're really just speaking their it sounds hokey, I guess, but their truth. They are speaking what is true for them. And we need to listen to it as if we are listening to what is true for them and listening with curiosity. And likewise, when you speak, it's really helpful to speak with a bit of courage, right? Because sometimes I know that I'm going to say things which might be upsetting or might be a little bit surprising to the person that I'm talking to, but it's really only useful if I am vulnerable and honest and real. So the so we, we just sort of say, listen with courage and listen with vulnerability, listen with empathy and with curiosity and speak with all of those things as well. Speak with courage and really try to be, you know, you don't have to be exhaustive, but be as complete, you know, get to a place where you're complete. For that reason, we don't put a time limit on each person, but we do ask that people sort of talk roughly the same amount and just to sort of, you know, self-organize around that. And then the other piece is, you know, that we agree on what we're talking about and why, you know, so we let's use an example. So we said, we're talking about a family vacation. Mm-hmm. So is it the three of us on vacation? Yeah, it's the three of us. Okay, so a family vacation with Alex, myself, and my stepson, Alex's son. And why are we going to talk about vacation? Why are we going to talk about it? So that we make sure everybody everybody's needs are taken care of, that I understand what you need, mm-hmm. where you are emotionally, and what else? Yeah, I think it's just so like we all have a good time. Yeah, you let's know, have like, a good time. So it's a good experience. So already... Already we're beginning the conversation with the intent to be aligned, with the intent to create an aligned situation. So I think that's I think that's really important because often we talk to prove our point, often we talk to win, you know, often we talk to uh, <laughs> to look smart or to complain. This creates space for complaint, but it's not but the point is not to complain. The point is to get everything out so we can all feel really aligned and have a, and have a great time. So then the the conversation comes in four parts. I've already mentioned them. Intentions, concerns, boundaries, and desires, or dreams. We say dreams sometimes in business because it seems more a little more neutral somehow. So intentions. Intentions really is just your why. Why why would you do this? Uh, And again, I said like people can do the same thing for different reasons. So let's say we're going on vacation. And where are we going to go? Where do you want to go? Well, let's use the example of going to visit Oh, your mom. Oh, going to visit my mom. Okay, yes. So that's not vacation. Let's be really clear. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love my mom. Yes. Love going to visit her. And it's not what I, you know, like for me, a vacation would be to recharge, to have some adventure, to do, you know, like this is a family journey, a family trip. Right. You know, my intentions obviously can be very different from Alex's because my it's my family. So my intention is to, you know, a little bit of put in my time, you know, because in order to maintain a relationship, you have to put some time into that relationship. So just to, you know, so I try to visit my mom on a regular cadence. So put in some time. And I think I also have usually another intention. I'd love to go to my mom's place because there's all of this stuff from my family. There's like a table that my great grandfather in Kentucky built like over a hundred years ago, made out of cherry wood, you know, like this is or there's a clock that they ordered from the Sears and Roebuck catalog when they lived up in the holler in Kentucky and, you know, back in the 1800s. Right. So like, I love to like, and there's a, we also have a family Bible and all of these things. Right. So like connecting with my past, connecting with my roots, connecting with my, my origin story. Now, obviously Alex is visiting my family, so she's not going to have any of that. attention. <laughs> not that it 
excited about the the cherry wood. <laughs> not not as excited, but she lives in Amish country, and I always think it's like, oh, like let's go buy some okay. Amish oh, stuff. And go ahead. There's a store called Amish. There stuff. is actually a store called Amish stuff. And go to the farmers market is always so fun. And yeah, let's let's go have some fun and and hang out and eat good food with your fam. Yeah, I also feel like when we've had this conversation, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've also said like your goal, your why is also to support me. Yes. You know, in yeah. being connected and staying connected to my family and in right. And and that can be true for a lot of your listeners, Marisa. That going to visit certain members of your family or certain trips are more stressful for one person than the other. And in a partnership, you know, at least in our partnership, I, you know, we want to be there for each other and it's not as stressful for me. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I think that I also notice about this set, this part of the conversation is that we are consciously framing it as a choice. Like, because so often we say, oh, I got to go see my mom this weekend, or I got to go to this work meeting, or I got to start this project, or I've got to, you know, like people always, we use the language of imperative and should, and, you know, like I, I must do something. But really, we always have a choice. It may be that not doing this thing has a very high cost to it, either professionally or personally. But for the most, but it's also kind of helps to be specific about that. Because sometimes our why is, well, I don't want someone to be mad at me. I don't want to get fired. And I don't, you know, like, and that's totally fine. And I think it's really, again, very, very helpful to you framing as a choice and you're naming really specifically. And I always encourage people to be as specific as they can. And this is another point, I think, when your partner is speaking, it's really great to ask questions, but really just make sure that you're to help them be more specific and more clear and to, to express your own curiosity because being listened to is is highly erotic in some ways, or it's very exciting, right? You know, hang on, to me to go there exactly. But it's very nice to be listened to. It feels very affirming and very good to be listened to. But you have to be really careful not to use your question as a form of commentary. You know, just because something has a rising intonation at the end of it doesn't make it a really authentic question. Like, don't you think it would be a better idea if, yeah, you know, no, like, that's not a good one. That's not a question. <laughs> so we've shared our intentions, and then you go into your concerns. And each person shares all of their worries. And we really encourage you to lay them all out on the table. And this can be a little challenging because the the lizard brain, the amygdala, right, the part of our brain that's concerned with survival has a lot of concerns and, and maybe even concerned about voicing their concerns. So it can be a little fear inducing to say out loud the stuff we worry about, but it is absolutely important to help you reduce the anxiety in your nervous system to be able to say, you know what, I'm, I'm worried that we'll go and, and you'll be stressed out and then we'll get in a fight and, or I'm worried that your mom will hover or I'm, I'm worried that I won't have any space to myself. I'm worried that I'm going to drink more than I should. I, you know, oh my gosh, like last time I ate way too much sugar and I felt awful, you know, and I'm, I'm worried that our kid will get stressed out. I'm worried that he'll feel bullied or something or that the drive will be long. I mean, really just put all the worries out there. It's not a place to blame each other. It really is just a place to voice your, yeah, your fears and concerns. Let the crazy out. Let the crazy out a little bit, really. Again, it's not an attack at anyone. 
when we were writing the book, we went through this conversation together and we both had the worry that I'm, I'm worried we won't get along in this creative process and that it will negatively affect our marriage. Well, Bob was so brilliant in saying, well, then we just won't write the book, right? Our marriage is way more important than the book. And immediately I went, oh, okay, good. <laughs> and then I could relax and move on and get back to work. Yeah, and sometimes concerns, they seem very real inside of our head, but when we speak them and get them outside of our head, they seem really insignificant and weird. Right. And, you know, like I'm, I'm worried I'll get fired. And that always seems to be like a hovering fear. Many people who work normal jobs, when I work normal jobs, like that was always my hovering fear. But the likelihood of that happening is really, really, really low most of the time, right? And so as soon as you like you bring it out, you're like, well, yeah, but you know, like there's a process for that. It would take a long time. You're like what I'm really worried about is like people might think I'm stupid. Yeah. Which is, you know, which again also feels like, well, yeah, I may oh. sound stupid sometimes, but people generally, yeah, I'm you not know, really like, worried about not that. really worried about that. And so the, the, the experience is one, like when you speak a concern is that it, it can evaporate often or two, as the example Alex gave, the solution to it just is, is very, very present to one or both of you or all of you. We can, you can have this conversation with multiple people, obviously, but it's just sort of like, oh, yeah, then we just won't do that. I'm worried this is going to cost too much money. OK, we'll have a budget check in once a week and make sure we're within budget. You know, like it's really not that hard to address most of our concerns and relax our amygdala, which is really what. Do you find in that in this particular area, let's say it is visiting family or something that could really trigger people. And, they're, and so let's say let's say visiting. Let's say we're visiting your family, Bob, your mom. And there's something that triggering that comes up for Alex. Are there any tools in this particular part of the conversation that that we can leverage? I'm just wondering, because I feel like in, this could bring up some triggering stuff. What if someone really doesn't like their in-laws or, you know, kind of how do we navigate those moments? Clearly, I love the listening techniques, right? Because you talk about listening for other reasoning reasons. So listening with vulnerability, listening with an open heart, that kind of a thing. So I think that's important. But anything else that we should be mindful of if there's like a landmine in this particular part of the discussion? Well, well that really brings up the, the, the next step, actually, which is boundaries. And boundaries are really of two flavors. Um, one, a boundary is often just something that we know about ourselves that we need personally in order to be at our best. So it's sort of about self-care. So in the work environment, you know, people talk about whether they're a morning person, an afternoon person, you know, or, you know, what, when, when's the best time to meet with you? When, how, when's the, what's the best way to communicate with you? I'm a texter. I prefer email. I prefer a phone call. I prefer, you know, an in-person conversation. If I'm wearing my headphones, don't approach me. It means that I'm, that I'm, I'm doing concentrated work. I'm not wearing my headphones, then it means I'm open to be interrupted, those kinds of things. Also, or like I have an elderly parent who needs care and I need to leave work, you know, Monday, Wednesday and Friday to take care of them at four o'clock, but I'll come online later. You're really just sort of like letting each other know the stuff that we need personally that we know about ourselves. The second one is exactly what you're saying. It's like, okay, we have this concern. Is there a way that we can sort of consciously address it or even pre-address it? And so going back to like visiting family, one thing that we do and that's grown out of this, there's really a couple of things that have kind of, because we've been having this conversation for years and, and we've developed, you know, like it's fun how all of a sudden something occurs to you, even after the experience, you're like, oh my gosh, if we had this boundary in place, we, that wouldn't have happened. And, and so boundaries can kind of be a cumulative sort of thing. But we've learned one, that we don't stay at my mother's house, that we actually stay in a hotel. 
Uh, it just gives a little bit of space. We sleep a little bit better because the the beds may be a bit nicer. It's just like it's just like a little bit easier, and less stress for her and less stress for us. And then two, we take some alone time during the day. You know, during the day, we make sure that we have some alone time. And I think a third thing we don't really do this explicitly, but it's sort of like if you notice yourself getting triggered or getting or needing space, you know, you can almost put a safe word kind of thing in place or a or a, a you know like you know, I need some space. Like I'm going to raise my hand when I need some space and I'm going to take some space. And I think that really, that can be really helpful because I think we've all had experiences with people who, you know, might just like disappear from an experience and you later on find out they disappeared because they needed to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about it ahead of time, you know, again, it's that empathy thing. Like I have a little more empathy. Oh, you know, Alex is going for a walk. I know that that means that she probably needs a little bit of personal headspace and it helps me read her a little bit better and forgive isn't quite the word. I think understand is mm-hmm. the word and just be, again, before you be on your side. Yeah. Yeah. And some other boundaries that we've both had at different times are, you know, around what we're eating, you know, like I'm only going to have one glass of alcohol a day or, you know, one glass every other day. I'm going to exercise every day. Things that we know help us be at our best, especially when traveling, you know, your body can get all out of whack. So those kinds of things are really important. And it also gives us space with our son. We do this conversation with him too. He's almost 12, but we've been doing it with him for, gosh. He was six, I think, when we started. I think yeah. he was around six when we started. Yeah. And, and we use, you know, different words, different terminology sometimes for him when he was little. But we would talk about screen time rules. And we would talk about how many desserts you're going to get a day. You know, is it one a day or do you get two treats a day on this vacation? And, you know, screen time rules still apply, even though it's vacation. So you get one hour or two hours, whatever it is, just so that you're prepping everyone. Everybody knows in advance and it heads off so many. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like if you try to negotiate that stuff in the minute. So we just don't have them because we know in advance what the deal is. I think that that makes so much sense. I love it because it's setting the expectation. So one of my favorite things that you guys had said was understanding. So if someone does step aside, that has already been kind of talked about, discussed. And I think so often when we're with family or where maybe we're vacationing with multiple people, having your own time to kind of process and that's understood, I think is so important. I think what ends up happening is people, they get fed up, they go and have their own time. And it creates a bunch of drama because there was never a rule around that. Right. And so if we as a couple have each other's backs, we don't get offended by each other's needs and boundaries. Anybody else in the family can go ahead and get offended, but it's not going to affect us. Like we know what's going on for each other. Boundaries can be so hard to keep sometimes. I mean, they can be so challenging, right? And, And one, explicitly stating them ahead of time so you know what they are, even to yourself sometimes can be super helpful. And then too, like when you have an ally, as Alex says, in, in, in holding that boundary or keeping that, and it's not even just not offended. Like there are times like where I, I know you come to me and like, I think you need a break right now. <laughs> you know, do you want to take a walk You know, right. like by yourself or with me? You know, like, yeah. do you want to do, you know, because you seem a little bit stressed and it, and it just sort of gives you that sort of added barometer. One thing we really like to talk about, especially in a business environment when we present this, is this idea of, of what's called tactical empathy. It comes from a FBI hostage negotiator, which is kind of a strange. His point is that when he would negotiate for people's lives, you know, like lives were on the line when he was negotiating, he had to be able to sit in the shoes of the person he was negotiating with. 
It didn't mean that he found that person a good person or a moral person or a great or an okay person, but he had to understand their world and their perspective and their point of view. And so this idea that when we talk to each other, I think this is sort of, it, it helps me listen to Alex or listen to other you know people that I do this with, because there are times when I might get triggered. Oh, you have that boundary or, oh, you have that. You're concerned about me. You're concerned I might not be able, you know. Um, and instead of taking offense at it, it's easier to sort of set it aside and say, okay, that's your perspective. It's important for me to know your perspective if I'm going to get what I want out of the situation. Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of, you can be empathetic and selfish at the same time, which is kind of, kind of a, a really kind of cool little thing. Yeah. I love that paradox. <laughs> <laughs> and then we end on dreams or desires. Yeah. And this is the best part. This is the fun part. This is really the fun part. And we love ending on a high note. And as a couple or as a family, you really get to explore. So, you know, what is our ultimate dream or desire for this thing we're about to do? What would make this so great? Like it's the end of the trip and we're looking back and this has been the most wonderful experience. What would have happened? What is going to happen to make that like reverse engineer the ideal adventure? And this is where you get to start really co-creating and co-inspiring each other and getting motivated. And, and this is where you really find the alignment or the lack of alignment, you know, by saying, you know, here's what I want for me. You know, I want rest. I want rejuvenation. I, I can't wait to go, you know, on those long nature trails by your mom's house and eat great food and, you know, try to sleep in and watch some movie, like, and make memories together and I want for you, I want you to connect with your family. You know, what do I want for me? And what do I want for you and for us? And it's a way to really build those positive emotions together in advance. This whole conversation is subversive in the sense that we're often talking, each section requires us to say things that we wouldn't normally say and often aren't even conscious of ourselves going into something. So we're really, it's all about taking things that are implicit or unstated and stating them and making them explicit. But what I think is really can be almost subversive about this particular one, the dreams or the desires piece, is that especially for something that we feel an obligation around doing, like that have to thing, right? I have to go do this thing, that we realize that there actually is a really positive outcome that we could experience. It's not just we're not just here just to get through this thing. We're actually here to to connect. And often it comes down to individual moments. You know, I think when I think about going to be with my mom, like there are moments with her that are that are so beautiful and so precious to me, you know, reminding me of my past, my history, where I come from, reminiscing about my father who passed five years ago, who we all loved a great deal. You know, asking her, like I got into this whole conversation. I went down by myself recently and I got this whole conversation with her around uh, around politics, you know, the, the current political landscape. We happen to agree, which is really, really helpful. Um, yeah, because, you know, this is like. Who knows? This, these is, days. this is like deep red Pennsylvania where she lives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't think she's not, she's, she's, she's alone in some ways there in her political opinions. But, but I also like heard a lot about, she talked to me, she grew up in West Virginia and she talked to me about what it was like growing up in the thirties in Charleston, West Virginia. And like non you know, when the buses were non-segregated and her aunt yelled at her for sitting next to a black man on the bus and, you know, sort of like what it was like and like really hearing about and. And to me, like, I, I think that would be so sad to like not have that in my life, not to have that connection to 
uh, my family history and not to know who, who people are and what they struggle with and what they're experiencing. Cause this whole idea of like generational trauma and epigenetics and all of these things, right? These things are inside of me. And I realized like, oh, there is this massive richness that's available to me here mm-hmm. that I wasn't really aware of when I was back in that frame of, I have to go visit my mom. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, Marisa, what I really love about this conversation is it's uncomfortable at first to have a structured conversation, especially with family, because you're so used to just being in a pattern of talking, a pattern of communication. By the way, you don't even have to tell the other people you're doing it. You can just lead them through and kind of guide the conversation and just say, these are my intentions. What are your intentions? These are my concerns. What are your concerns? (laughs) Um, But it's, you can discover so much about someone you have known your whole life. You can newly connect with them like Bob was just describing. And for some of us, that's such an incredible gift. You know, I had a similar, not in the topic, but in the connection in the soul, I had a similar conversation with my mother before she died. And I'm so, so grateful that we had that conversation where I asked her questions that we had never talked about before. And it was so healing So I I know that your listeners have a lot of issues and concerns and their own goals in their personal lives that they, you know, they're trying to figure out on their own and using this structure, they could really make so much progress with the people that could be their biggest supporters. Hmm. I like that in particular. I think so often when we're having these conversations, you really do end up rallying your supporters where if that conversation hadn't happened, there may be, because, you know, we all know how to push each other's buttons. Like you'd mentioned, there's patterns that we fall back into in terms of conversations. And this kind of allows us to break the pattern. And um, although at first you're absolutely right, there can be some uncomfortable you know, uncomfortable conversation, working through all of this, but in the end, you're really going to get what you want. And that's the purpose of all of this. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that kind of a hidden thing to this is, is Alex hinted at this or said this, that you can do it one-sided and you can do it one-sided just asking questions. I use this, I do a lot of sales, uh, you know, in corporate environments and and rather, I don't get brought in unless if things are going well to organizations. I, I, I tend to fix kind of broken situations, or that's my, my intent anyway, the reason I get paid. And so when I come in, there are often even people's careers are on the line, and they're very nervous, and, they're, and, and you know our fees are pretty high, and so there's a lot of money on the line. And I just started using this, you know, like, why do you want to do this? What are you worried about? What might go wrong? What might go wrong? Tell me more about what might go wrong. And they're like, no other sales guy ever asks me that, you know, like, what are you worried about? And, you know, what must happen? What won't happen? Who's in charge? All, you know, the boundaries kind of helps me map the organization. And then you finish on a high note. Like, if this was to be an amazing project and go incredibly well, what would be true? And I tell you, by the end of that conversation, they've, one, they've gotten out all of the things that are worried them. They, they I, It's been unfiltered. And then, two, we've ended on this very, very high note. And I think there's a, you know, like I'd love to put people in a brain scan or something. I think there's a neurophysiological, like something has changed and they're like ready to go and ready to do something mm-hmm. and ready to work with me. And I've not expressed anything of my own. I, I didn't even talk about, often don't even talk about my credentials like, uh, what, or what I've done. Who are you? What do you I've do? Done, I've done no <laughs> selling of me except presence and listening and curiosity and empathy, which are so powerful and so missing, I think, in our, you know, certainly in our public discourse today. 
and often even in our private discourse. Hmm. I absolutely agree. I think we are struggling with empathy and, and connection and continuing to fall into patterns. And we all have expectations that we don't always get to express. I love that idea of reverse engineering this to get, you know, really telling people what you're hoping to get out of this visit or this conversation or whatever it may be that you're, you're working towards. Anything else that we should know? Now we have a landscape of, of how it works. Also, I want to know where we get everything, how we get the book, how we connect in, the resources, but anything else that, we, that you want to mention before we, we finish up. Before we go, I, I want to men- mention all that, but but also just like once you finish the conversation, you're usually you're usually either a hell yes or a hell no. I mean, those are the ideal outcomes. If you're if you're still a maybe, or if there's things that need to be, you know, kind of like workshopped, or you know, like you've identified some problems and you may need to change things significantly. But really, your goal here is to be a hell yes or a hell no by the time you're done. And if you're neither of those then maybe you haven't been vulnerable enough or complete enough. Maybe you need to revisit the conversation. It's perfectly in balance to go back over parts of the conversation. We have this conversation multiple times about the same topic. Mm -hmm. Ongoing. It's an ongoing conversation. But at least through the process, you discover which areas you need to figure out in order to get to a yes. So it uncovers and it clarifies which again, most of us are just stuck in these same patterns and we never get anywhere. We don't know what to do next. So the conversation helps really effortlessly do that. And in terms of getting this to people, like we really just wanted to get this to people in the easiest way possible. They can download it for free from the website if they want, which is gettingtohellyes.com. They don't even have to give us their email. If they want to, they can download a cheat sheet and we've got slides and we've got all, we've got a a video recording because some people like to watch Bob and I walk through the conversation together, but you can just go to gettingtohellyes.com, download the PDF, or you can go to Amazon and get the Kindle for like a buck or get the book. If you like little books in your hands, it's a great 90 minute read. He'll be so satisfied. You're like, I finished a book. Yay. (laughs) That's definitely my husband. (laughs) Give him a book that he can Well, our whole goal with this was to make sure that when people that that we didn't want to have to walk any, we didn't want to have to teach anybody this necessarily. We wanted to empower people, and we trimmed out everything that wasn't that. And so the and so we took a long time actually. We took about a year to write this book. We were you know writing in the background, obviously, but at different times the book got to be well over twice as long as it is currently. And and then we realized, oh, there you know, there's a lot of junk in there we can take it all out and the book will actually be more useful. And so we've actually had many, many people come up to us and say, thank you for writing such a short book. <laughs> <laughs> and then thank you for the process too, because they actually have gotten quite a bit. We, we, get, we get things every week. We'll get somebody telling us a, a new way that they've used this process. So, um, Ooh, I love that. Well, I mean, I think we want the result. You know, we want the transformation. If you can get me that transformation in 90 minutes versus, you know, several days, Girl, sign me up. So I love that. I love that you guys have done it in such a concise way. And I love the website. I love that you walk people through. I mean, clearly we got that opportunity here today, but there's there's even more resources in there, which I'm so grateful that you guys created. We've been loving it. I'm definitely going to be sending the book to my mama. Um, I know we were just talking about all that a minute ago, but we got the website. We had everything that we need to know. I will make sure that all the links are in the in the show notes. So we'll get you guys all hooked up with that. So if you guys want to download this, I highly, highly recommend it. It's amazing. We are already using it. 
Um, and we're super excited to continue to use that to have better communication. You guys, thank you so much. Any last little inspirations about, about really supporting people in communication? I would say the holidays are coming. I don't know when this is going to air, but there's always a holiday coming. There's always a holiday coming. <laughs> this is a great thing to use either just with your family about the holiday, even if you're not going anywhere, even if it's right. not a trip. What do you, you know, like, what do you, why are we celebrating Christmas? Summer vacation. Yeah. You know, yeah. what are we going to do for summer vacation? Or, you know, even something really big like a funeral. You know, someone passes away. How can you connect in another way about that? We did this at the starting of the school year for my son. Like, hey, seventh grade is starting. Let's reconnect. We also use it to design our, our wedding. Today. We did. We used it for our <laughs> wedding, which was amazing. Highly recommend that. And our, our design criteria that came out of that, that came out of the conversation because of all of our concerns and boundaries, we realized we wanted it to be a high joy day and a low drama day. And, yeah. and so, and that's actually become our, our design criteria. I think maybe that's a good place to, to leave it. Like high joy, low drama. Yeah. Design your life with that. That's, that's our rule. <laughs> that's, that's our, our motto. I love it. I think that's everyone. I think everyone really wants that. I, I I like to believe that everybody no, wants that. Some people, really, some people really like drama. I was going to say agree. some people do really like drama. Yeah, I know some people. Well, thank you, you guys, so much for coming on. I love that we're ending on the high joy, low drama train. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. We can use these in so many different scenarios, from weddings to family events to meetings that we're walking into, even to the first day of school, what that's all going to look like. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. How incredibly powerful was that? As you can tell, I loved every second of that conversation, and I have actually adopted their four-part getting to hell yes process in many of my conversations, and let me tell you, it really works, especially if you're about to have a difficult conversation or you're negotiating something or you have expectations about an event or a family gathering or whatever it may be, you have a vision for what you want to have happen on vacation, it's important that you let people know what you want. And that's exactly what this conversation is about, really laying out the groundwork for getting to that hell yes. So Alex and Bob have done an incredible service to all of us by not only creating the system, but they are so graciously decided to give us the book for free in PDF form. Now you can grab it at gettingtohellyes.com or by simply just going to my show notes. Not only do they have videos on that website, they have the download version on the website. They have everything that you need to begin to work this process. So I hope, hope, hope in my heart of hearts that you give it a try. I promise. I know you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Now, as I mentioned, you can find the links in the show notes for this episode or on my website, which is drmarisa.com forward slash episode 67. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. You are an inspiration for this podcast. I just want to let you know that your word of mouth is spreading far and wide and we're gathering new listeners every single day. So please keep sharing the love and share the word about all of these wonderful interviews and experts that come on. Now, my next expert is a dear friend of mine and one of my favorite people in the hormone space. Dr. Annika Becca is going to be talking about how to transition into menopause with ease and grace. Now, I am so excited about this episode. 
because she is my go-to expert when it comes to menopause and she does it in such a marvelous way. So I know you're going to love this very candid conversation with this amazing doctor and soon to be author of The Hormone Fix. Until then, have a wonderful day. 